weekend. Hopefully everybody is enjoying their weekend. I know people in Mendota have a different kind of weekend. Usually it's a good time. Fun, excitement, especially for the kiddos. Mendota Sweet Corn Fest, it's here. Today being Saturday, August 13th. Lots going on in the town of Mendota and the community. A lot of people from everywhere come out here. But there's something else going on in Illinois today. Again, Saturday, August 13th, in Amboy at Yogi Park RV Resort, we got Michael Charles, a blues musician who's been in Chicago for quite some time, originally from Australia. He has got the Melbourne Australian accent to his voice. As soon as you're talking, like, okay, you're from Australia. Great guy, great stories. Great musician. I've went and listened to a lot of his music on Spotify. I recommend you do the same. Michael Charles. There's like four or five different Michael Charles. Blues musician, older gentleman. He's playing the guitar on the picture, I believe. He's been playing the guitar for a very, very long time. Very long time, like 60-something years. I'm not going to say anything more about him. He can tell you himself. Go check him out. Today, Saturday, August 13th. From 7.30 to 10, he is playing at Yogi Bear in Amboy. We're going to make this intro really short. Let's send some love, respect, thanks to our sponsors. Mendota Ford, a community dealership that is here for you. Contact Ski Hartman or Jason Hintz. They'll get you the car you're looking for. Or SUV, truck, whatever you need. They got you. Surf Internet, bringing fiber optics to us in Northern Illinois. Check them out. Google the website surfinternet.com to find out all the details and everything that you're looking for in a great broadband provider. Olson Construction, anything you need done to your home, your garage, your shed, anything really. Keith Milas and Tommy Olson, the brothers, have more than 10 years of experience each and can get the job done. Ignia, Pizzeria Napolitana, great pizza in Ottawa. I went, I tried, calzone was great, lemonade, oh my gosh, so good. I want another glass right now. Had some ice cream, great environment, great food. Check out Ignia Pizzeria Napolitana. Sure Step, Illinois, don't want any lawsuits, don't want any injuries, don't want to fall on anything. Hit up SureStep Illinois owner, Mary Jane Orozco, Adetonica, and she'll make sure everything is sticking instead of sliding. Every one of the businesses, Mendota Ford, Surf Internet, Olson Construction, Ignea, Pizzeria, Napolitana, and SureStep Illinois all have Facebook pages and can be found online. Well, let's get to Michael Charles and his great stories, man. It was amazing talking to him. Had a great time. I wrote a story for local newspapers, Mendota Reporter, Amboy News. That went out on Wednesday. And now we got to hear him talk on the podcast. Edge of your seat. You can catch this on Spotify, Apple Podcast, and our website, www.rss.com backslash podcasts. That's with an S. It's plural. Backslash Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We have social media as well. Twitter, Edge of Your Seat P, and Facebook, Edge of Your Seat Podcast. 
please like, share, follow, help us spread the word about Edge Podcast, bringing these stories from people you may know or have seen or have heard of in your community that you could literally go and shake their hand instead of movie stars and superstar athletes that you may never even meet or talk to or nothing and have no personal bonds with. The people on the show are from your neighborhood. They've walked the same roads. They went to the same schools. They know same people, but their story is different than you know, and maybe you don't know. That's what Edge of Your Seat podcast is for. Hopefully you're listening. You can always send us an email at edgeofyourseatpodcast at gmail.com. Questions, suggestions, want to be a guest, know somebody that would be a good guest. You want to sponsor with Edge of Your Seat podcast. Any reason you want to reach out, just do it. Edge of Your Seat podcast at gmail.com. Shout out to Brian Cavelli, the mastermind behind the intro and outro beat of Edge of Your Seat podcast. And of course, go check out Mendota Sweet Corn Fest after or before you listen to Michael Charles. Until next time, peace. Edge of Your Seat podcast, you know we mix it up. We do a little sports, some news, and of course, some music. Today we have a music... I would say star. I mean, Grammy nominated. In my mind, that means star. We have Michael Charles, an Australian blues singer. Michael, how's it going, my man? How you doing, Brandon? Nice to uh, talk to you. I am doing well. I received an email saying, hey, this guy is doing a show right by you. You want to talk to him? I'm like, yeah, why wouldn't I? <laughs> yeah, well, uh... We'll see where this all goes, right? <laughs> Definitely. So let's start. I mean, I said Australian blues singer. You're from Australia. I can hear it in the voice. Yeah, I'm originally from Australia. I've been living in the Chicago land area now for a uh, good 30 odd years, I guess. You know, it could be uh, 30, 31, I don't know. Anyway, time just goes by. And I'm originally from Melbourne, Australia. I was uh, born and raised there. And, um, Back in 1989, I believe it was, I had this uh, invitation to come to the States. And uh, my management at the time said that uh, we had an invitation to come to Chicago via Buddy Guy and his management to play at Legends, Buddy Guy's uh, club. So my management asked me and said, what do you think? And uh, I just kind of said to my management, there's nothing to think about. Let's just do it when you get an invitation by the one and only Mr. Buddy Guy. An offer you can't refuse, basically. So that's what brought me to the States originally. And um, obviously they must have heard some of my music on the on the grapevine. And this, it all kind of went from there. And uh, being a guitar player, like I said, being invited out to, to play at Buddy Guy's Legends and play with the legendary Mr. Buddy Guy himself, it was just, you know, truly one of the greatest honors in my life, and it's a moment I will never forget. Buddy Guy kind of is like the mafia, because he said, you know, offer you can't refuse of music. If he offered you anything, I mean, you almost, you have to take it. Well, you've got to take, you've got to be a fool not to. I mean, when you're, um, he's the guitar player of all guitar players. I mean, he inspired people like, you know, Jimi Hendrix. He inspired guys like Eric Clapton, and uh, the list just goes on and on and on. He was a big inspiration for me later in my in my career, but he, he still inspired me. I think he's inspired <laughs> just about every guitar player on the planet. He's just he's been there, done it, and you know, and, and he's just such an amazing instrumentalist. You know, when he 
want to talk to you all about your upbringing, music, all that kind of stuff, and we will. But let's talk about the show first. Like I said, I received an email about a show you are having August 13th at Yogi Bear, Amboy, Illinois. What brings you out this neck of the woods? Well, it's no different than any other place. I mean, my management uh, takes care of uh, booking dates in certain places, and the Yogi Bear Park, I guess, is no different than any other venue you're going to play, and uh, I just get there and do my thing and and hope that people enjoy what they hear and and just do the best you can. It's just, it's another, it's another show that gets added to your list of of shows that you do throughout your career, and uh, hopefully we can please everybody. Awesome. Have you ever played at Yogi Bear before or anywhere around kind of rural northern central Illinois? Yeah, I was in Yogi Bear Park uh, last year, I believe, and it was like things were starting to pick up again after the pandemic. and It was like a, a show that we put together, like I said, after the pandemic, so it was kind of one of those early shows where we used it as a dress rehearsal and, and things kind of went from there because I mean during the pandemic I mean it was uh, two two and a half years I guess maybe three you lose track after that amount of time that we weren't on the road anymore it was it was nowhere to play it was kind of cool to be able to get some of those early dates and, and kind of try and pull it together again with you know, obviously have to put a whole new band together things kind of snowballed from there now we're back in full swing again so it's nice to to return to the yogi bear park so we can uh do a show where we're uh can i say a little more ready than the first time i was there definitely what is i know it was kind of weird and COVID 19 you know all that kind of stuff was happening but what are, are some cool things that you liked about Yogi Bear, maybe different from other places you've performed at, or just something unique that you remember about Yogi Bear and were already thinking about when you know it came back on your schedule? One of the most uniquest things for me at the Yogi Bear Park was, well, the name says it all, you know, Yogi Bear. So I'm on stage doing my thing, and uh, next minute I feel this tap on my back, and I turn around, it's, it's, uh, it's Yogi Bear himself, you know. That was probably the most, most unique thing I've ever experienced on stage. It represents the park. It was, it was, all, it was all fun, and... Uh, so that's the, one of the things that's kind of every now and then will pop up while we're now touring around and, and we always talk about certain places and, and think events that have happened at certain venues and, and you know, the Yogi Bear Park sometimes comes up to all of us and we have a bit of a chuckle when we say, well, how about that time when Yogi Bear came up on stage with us? It was like, so it's one of those things that you don't forget. It was a, it was a unique thing, so I guess we'll, we'll say that was one of the unique things about playing at the park. That's awesome. That's pretty funny, too. I would tell everybody that. It is. That's like, I mean, where, where else? I mean, I mean, I can, I've been doing this my whole life. I've never had Yogi Bear come up on stage with me. So, yeah, it's kind of funny and really unique. So, yeah. But it was all, you know, it's all fun. It, make, it makes the, it, makes it uh, like I said, a story that we can keep talking about in, in, while we're traveling and with others, you know, that you meet. It's kind of one of those unique things. We said August 13th. What time is your show on August 13th? Um, I believe we're going up on stage at uh, 7.30. 7.30 till 10.30, I believe. That's that's the hours. But uh, I've got a habit of playing long shows, so we'll see. We'll see what happens. 
You just get up there and you start jamming and you don't want to stop. Yeah, well, I was uh, talking about stories when I was in Canada one year and uh, we were playing yeah, some drastic time changes when you're going from the US and the Canada. And my watch didn't change to the time schedule of, uh, I believe, we're in, in Banff. Because we go through so many different time zones and things that uh, sometimes your watch gets a little bit confused. But it didn't, it didn't go back to the time it was supposed to be. And I guess I was on stage for like five hours and uh, next minute I see all the lights flickering and everything and uh, it was the, the venue owner was kind of saying, are you going to get off stage ever? And, and uh, <laughs> My road manager at the time came up to me and uh, said, you do realise you've been on stage for five hours? And I said, no, I didn't. But anyway, that's just, that's what I'm saying. I have, I've got a, a reputation of once I start, it's hard for me to stop. I understand. I understand. Once I get started writing or I start talking for a podcast, it's, it gets hard. You don't want to stop. Well, especially when, when, it's, when things are pumping and when things are uh, full of energy and, and, and the crowds are there and, and so forth. And, uh, you, yeah, of course, you um, time kind of slips away and uh, you just do your thing until somebody says, get the hell off. <laughs> Absolutely. You said you've been doing this pretty much your whole life. How old are you and when did you start playing music? I started playing guitar, I believe I was about five or six years old. My dad used to play guitar, so um, there was always this guitar at home and I would just pick it up as a, as a kid. And I would just kind of make things up on it and just play And my dad was a guitar player. He taught me all my first basic chords and little ditties that I would fiddle around on the guitar. So I, I don't remember not holding a guitar. I don't remember not playing. I've been doing it for so long. I've been playing now, I've had a guitar in my hands for uh, a good 60-odd years, and uh, I hope I can do it for another 60 years. If you lived to 120 or more playing guitar, I will bow. Like, that's, that's, that's <laughs> legendary. That's legendary status. It's just one of those things, like, as I said, I, I don't remember not playing guitar. It's basically like trying to remember your first steps. There's no way you're going to remember when you started walking as a toddler. Good stuff. 
So what gravitated you towards blues music? I mean, with a guitar, you can play anything you want to. Country, rock, alternative. I mean, the list is very, very long. What brought you into the blues dynamic? Well, my dad, when he taught me all my first uh, basic chords and, and, and some licks that he was into, my dad was uh, loved country music. So I actually started out playing, you know, kind of country type songs and, and little country uh, licks and, and stuff like that. So, but as, as I was getting old and I would listen to the radio, you know, and, and back in the day, as I was growing up as a kid to be on the radio, I mean, I remember when, you know, the Beatles came out. I remember when uh, John Fogarty was Creedence Clearwater and, and Eric Clapton was Cream, the Rolling Stones, and, you know, there's, there's a, a long list of these awesome musicians that were coming out, even Elvis Presley, you know. They were all blues-based musicians. They all got influenced by the blues. So these guys influencing me, um, I was learning the blues, but didn't even realize I was learning the blues because I was just getting influenced by these great musicians that were influenced by blues music. So it's just one of these things that just evolved into playing blues without even thinking about it, if all that makes any sense to you. So that's how it started for me. And then when I, when I came to Chicago for the first time, and I had the opportunity to play like with, with the legendary Buddy Guy, and then I got to play with guys like the late, great Junior Wells and, and, and Jimmy Dawkins and uh, Eddie Clearwater, and, and the list just goes on and on on that too. And, and I, I felt like... I was born and raised here in Chicago and, and for the reason that the music wasn't foreign to me because I, I, I had been playing it for so long uh, but not realizing I was playing blues. And uh, so that's how it evolved for me. But um, for me it was, um, you know, Brandon, it was just, I was just playing music. I like all sorts of music, so... Uh, but I found blues music was just, um, it just came natural to me. So there was, there's, there's no great story behind why I chose to be a blues guitar player. I guess the blues chose me. Um, that's the best way I can put it. I'm going to do something I've never done before. So on the podcast, I have a segment I call Bring It Back where I go through albums, because let's face it, who listens to albums anymore? Nobody does. So I wanted to bring it back, listen to a whole album, learn about a, mu a musician and everything they've been through and struggles and you know all the things that you find in albums and the concepts and themes and things like that. And then I found the Rolling Stone Magazine's top 500 albums of all time. And I was like, why don't I just go through this list and listen to stuff that I've either heard of but never listened to or never heard of that maybe I might love, or revisit something I haven't heard in a long time. So I do these polls with four selections of this list at a time, and the, the where we're at in this list right now is all legends, and you just named a couple of them, or that kind of music. So I want you to pick for the poll which album I should listen to for Bring It Back. I think the first album that comes to mind for me is uh, The Beatles' Abbey Road. And I don't know if you've listened to that, that album or not, but um, when that album came out, I was so intrigued with the whole album uh, musically that I 
sat down, I think I was probably about 14 or 15 years old, I believe. And um, I sat down with that album on, my, on a, a little record player and I would pick sections of it and learn the guitar solos on that album. And before I knew it, I'd learned the whole album, note by note, song by song. And I can honestly say to this very day, it's, it's got to be one of my top ten albums that I still listen to. It's just an amazing record, uh, the way it's produced, the way it sounds, and the songwriting on that album is just crazy. And I recommend anyone that hasn't should listen to that album. It's just amazing. I have not. I've definitely heard about it. I've heard a few songs off of it, but I have not listened to the whole album. Where we are in this list right now, we're kind of in the uh, 450s, late 440s. So these are the four that I have on the poll right now. It's kind of funny that you said the Beatles because Paul McCartney and Linda McCartney are on here with the album Ram. Deanna Ross and the Supremes with their anthology. Roberta Flack with First Take. And then the White Stripes with Elephant. All good albums. And you mentioned Ram. Ram is another one of my um, all-time favorites. That's just quite an album, too. Just um, every song on that, on that record is just fantastic. So it sounds like you have went through all kinds of music, through the peaks and valleys, and to be able to sit there and listen to an entire album and pick it up and learn it and be able to play it back, that's, uh, that's quite an amazing talent that you have there, sir. As I said, I live and breathe. Uh, I love playing guitar, always have, and I still pick up my guitar every day. There's not, we're, we're either on the road touring, obviously I'm, I'm going to be playing every night on the road, or if I'm not on the road touring, I'm in my recording studio working on my own albums and records and releases. And when my day is done doing that, I'll, uh, I'll sit in my living room in my house and sit down and sort of, you know, kick back and try and wind down and watch a movie or something. But as I'm doing that, I've got my guitar on me and I'm playing along to the soundtracks of the movies or commercials that come on. It's just, I very rarely put the thing down and it's just, it's just a passion. As a kid, as I was growing up, I remember my dad would come into my bedroom and say, put that thing down, go outside and go out with your buddies, go out and, and, and play football or uh, do something else, just take a break from playing guitar. And he, and he did that for quite a while, for a few years. And I remember one day he comes in, he opens up my bedroom door. He just stared at me, and I was waiting for the same thing, you know. Get up, go outside, kick a football, get into a fight, do something else. This particular day, he just opens the door, he stared at me, and just turned around, closed the door, and never bugged me about it again. He just gave up, and that was it. And I, and I, I just live and breathe, I just love, and I feel very blessed to be able to have something that I've got a passion to and, and, and it's my occupation. I mean, I feel that uh, I'm very blessed to be able to do that. When somebody comes to your show, like August 13th, Yogi Bear, what should they expect? Are you playing original songs? Are you playing covers? Are you playing both? Is it just you and a guitar? Do you have a band with you? What should somebody expect when they come to the show? Well, I've got a band with me. Um, I'll do some stuff by myself, but 
band is up there with me um, as well. And I also, uh, it's 90% of all my original music that I've written, uh, different songs off um, different albums, and I've got so, much, so many releases, so I, I, I kind of pick and choose the songs that I've been asked through, you know, people that come to my shows, and so I'd love to hear that song live or that song live. And I'll throw the odd cover tune in there, just some songs that I grew up with, songs that I loved to listen to and songs that I just loved to play that, that I didn't write, and that's, that's how I put my show together. Awesome. Good stuff. Good stuff. I'm really excited. I think I'm, I'm going to have to go. I don't think there's no way I can't go at this point. I hope you do turn up, and when you do turn up, introduce yourself. I would love to meet you in person. Oh, that'd be amazing. Definitely got to shake your hand. Absolutely. You said you had so many releases out. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe I saw over 20 albums. I believe I've got, I've lost track myself, but it's like 37, 38 releases all up. But that's, that's with albums and vinyls and, and, and 45s and, and download singles. And yeah, I believe it's um, approaching 40 of them somewhere there. It's like, I think, 37, 38. I've lost track, but yeah, a lot of releases, a lot of songs. Well, you must be doing something right if you got that many releases and you still have management. You can still say, hey, I got a management team. They haven't dropped you yet. No, I haven't been dropped. Actually, I've dropped a few managements myself, but I've, <laughs> I've been lucky enough not to be dropped. But um, I, think, I think as long as you can de deliver, you, you need to deliver. You need to, in the music business, you can't kind of sit back and say, well, I've done it now and take a chill pill. You can't do that. When things are running hot for you, you've got to run with it. You've got to probably work harder than you've ever worked in your life to to keep the momentum going and, and to keep, keep yourself going. And um, that's something that I do. I just keep I just keep pushing myself. So I don't really think about um, where my career is or how how good it's been to me or how bad it's been to me in certain steps or uh, the places that it's that, that have worked and the places that haven't. I don't even look at it that way. I just look at it. Give it your your two hundred percent, no matter where you are, what you're doing, and uh, the crowds will keep coming. And so far, that theory has worked. So uh, that's my whole outlook on, on how you should stay, you know, relatively successful in this business. You need to just just keep working at it. Have you ever ran into a certain amount of time, a little block, a little rut, where, you know, you weren't out there or something happened that kind of slowed you down, you lost your momentum, and then you had to get back into it? How was the struggle and getting back into that? What did you have to do to get into it? Well, I, I never went into a rut uh, in my songwriting, and, and I tell a lot of people, other songwriters, I tell them because they, they say, oh man, I'm in a rut, do you ever get into a rut? I say, no, I don't. And I, I tell them all the time, the secret not to get into a rut is don't think about it. Just write a song when you've got a song to write about. Don't sit down with pen and paper and, and say, I'm going to write a song now. I've never done that. It, it comes when it comes. And uh, when it comes to performing and, and playing live, just go wherever they want you. You know, don't get too picky or, or, or don't ever say to yourself, oh, I've outgrown that kind of 
I ever got into, and I wasn't alone on this, was the pandemic. But even during the pandemic, I was uh, doing stuff in the studio constantly. Then I then I started doing some live feeds and, and put some a little series together. So I never really stopped. Even the pandemic couldn't really hold me back too much. And then once the pandemic started um, backing off and things started to open up a little bit, well, then I just thought, okay, here we go. And the only thing... Uh, with the pandemic was that I obviously had to restaff myself. I had to get some new staff members. We had some staff problems, um, band members and, uh, and things like that to get the crew back. Because um, two and a half to three years is a long time to expect people to wait around. So, um, But we're back in full swing, it looks like. So uh, I can leave that behind me as well now and just move forward. Started off with the introduction, said Michael Charles. Australian blues singer, Grammy nominated. Again, correct me if I'm wrong with the numbers here, but I saw 10 Grammy nominations? Being Grammy elected, there's a difference between elected and nomination. Uh, first, you've got to get your material into the Grammys. You get elected, which, and then after elected, then it becomes nomination, and then the last one, obviously, whoever wins the big Grammy. So there's three stages there you've got to go through. And I get to the Grammy elected part, I think it was about 10 times. Uh, but I'm also a, a Grammy voter. I'm one of the guys that actually vote who wins a Grammy. So that's quite an honor too. You gotta say, like, hey, I think this is great. I don't think this is. I think this is better than the rest. You get a say in all that. I get a say. I'm one of the Grammy voters, yeah. And uh, sometimes it's uh, not as easy as it sounds because there's so much great talent out there. So. Um, thing about the Grammys is it's all musicians that hold the whole thing together. It's quite an honor to be a part of it and um, one of those things that I didn't think uh, that that would happen in my life too but, it's, but th there it is. It's just um, they're just things that come into your life. You either take it and grab, grab the bull by the horns or, or you let it go and let it slip through your fingers. I've got this habit when things come in, into my life that way. I just grab it by grab the bull by the horns and just run with it, you know? You're like a matador. <laughs> yeah, I guess you could say that. <laughs> not, that you, not that I would get into a, a bull ring, but anyway. <laughs> uh, I actually just went to a rodeo last weekend for an assignment, and uh, no, I would never do that. I would absolutely no. never do that. I, I, I will use the expression grab the bull by the horns, but that's as far as I'm going to, man. That's, um, we'll leave that to the experts. <laughs> Michael Charles, you are a smart man. <laughs> and a very musical man. I really appreciate your time joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. We're going to have a story in both the Mendota Reporter and the Amboy News. Those are going to be out August 10th. We have a Wednesday paper, so they'll be out August 10th. Thank you so much for joining Edge of Your Seat Podcast. And like I said, I got to come. I got to meet you. I got to listen to your music. Thank you, Brandon. I appreciate your time. And um, we will meet soon.